thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. Now, if you've been following this podcast for a while, you'll know that I'm incredibly passionate on all things to do with sleep. Given sleep or should I say sleep disruption forms such a huge part of our existence whilst working 24-7. And I also have a very holistic view uh, when it comes to our health because even though I practice as a clinical nutritionist, just focusing on nutrition to improve our health can actually be a very reductionist approach, meaning we need to really look at ourselves as a whole and get to the root cause, which obviously involves identifying other areas that uh, may be impacting on our lives along with our health. And one of these areas is stress, because stress can have a huge influence on not only on our ability to sleep and sleep well, but on our overall health as well. Which brings me to today's topic, that being sleep and stress and how using flower remedies can help to both enhance our sleep and nourish our nervous systems during times of stress. And have I got the perfect person to talk about this topic today? Dr. Nikki Scherdendorfer holds a Diploma in Nutrition and Traditional Chinese Herbalism, a Bachelor of Health Science degree in Complementary Medicine, a Master's degree in Nutritional Medicine and a Grad Certificate in Curriculum Design, and, of course, a PhD in Nutritional Biochemistry. And if that's not enough to keep her busy, she's also published multiple academic research papers, along with becoming a yoga and mindfulness instructor, and also travels all around Australia delivering workshops, sharing some of the therapeutic benefits of using Australian bush flower essences. Quite simply, Nikki's list of accomplishments are enormous, and it would actually probably take me around 30 to 40 minutes to share everything with you that she's done in such a short period of time. So to talk to us about using these flower remedies to help with sleep and stress, I'd like to give a very warm and healthy shift worker welcome to Dr. Nikki. Hey. Hello, Audra. Nice to connect with you again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just before we went to air, we were talking about how you've just come back from Bali. And so you're feeling quite chilled and relaxed, aren't you? (laughs) Ah, yes. Yes, yeah, it was lovely. Um, yeah, just on the beach. First, we were on the beach for a little bit, and then I, I went into a, tr- a retreat in the mountains, um, which was lovely as well. And I guess you, I guess the most important thing with holidays that I find that that you know is beneficial for me is that not having to, you know, clean up after yourself and not having to. <laughs> worry about cooking food and even though I love cooking food but you know at the same time yeah just getting looked after is always nice oh absolutely and I think you're the envy of all our listeners right now to be able to 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 get that yeah that it is it's um gosh if only we all had our own personal chefs that would be just magic (laughs) particularly um yeah particularly after a pretty hectic shift um you know the last thing we obviously feel like doing is working shift workers to cook and clean uh yeah so anyway but yeah welcome welcome um to the podcast it's really really nice to have you here you know I first met you um at an 
Endeavour College of Natural Health here in Brisbane, uh, where you were one of my lecturers. So I'm very lucky, very grateful to have been taught by yourself because I just, um, I just love your whole holistic view on health, even though you've done so many different modalities. Um, you just sometimes you just come back with the most simple thing and I just think oh wow even that's coming from somebody with this academic um, background and it's definitely something that it really drew to me um, being one of your students yeah well yeah I'm glad that 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 was one of your take-home messages because like I still find today that that's some of the most important um, things that I share with clients as well as students is that it really doesn't need to be that complicated and just acknowledging mm. the basics is what you know allows our body then to do what it does naturally and that is to heal and regenerate. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I guess to kind of kickstart the um, uh, discussion, I suppose, for a better word, could you kind of share with our listeners a little about yourself, um, Nikki, as in like what kind of set you on the path to kind of doing what you're doing now, which kind of, let's face it, is so, so many different things when it comes to uh-huh. health and wellness? Yeah, well, it's, it's actually a funny story that originally when I was in grade 11, we had to do a careers paper and the teacher had a hat, which was actually a top hat, and she had a whole lot of careers cut up on little bits of paper sitting in this hat, and I picked out um, naturopathic medicine. And, you know, this was back in the early 90s, and at the time I'd never heard of it, and so what I had to do for this careers paper is to research it and put a report together about this particular career. And so as I started researching, I was just completely fascinated by, you know, some of the the holistic and I guess the traditional concepts of particularly helping people to help themselves. So mm. it's, you know, helping to empower people through education mm. um, and helping support them to then be able to support themselves. And, you know, that concept was the first, you know, thing where I thought, wow, this is really amazing because, you know, you could you can just see and it's still no different today that you know the orthodox paradigm is taking the power away from people where people are just completely reliant on other people for their health and you know and then that way don't take any responsibility as well and then that's what affects their fundamental um underlying level of wellness is their they're not being able to recognize that the fundamental thing like things we do every day will either promote our health or have the opposite effect. Mm, yeah, interesting story. I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. Uh, that, is a, that is a good conversation, peach over, uh, conversation <laughs> um, piece over the dinner table. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think um, I, yeah, I agree with you totally on that. And I think it's, it's um, when you're kind of sharing that information with clients, it almost comes um, becomes quite empowering knowing that we do have complete control of our health and well-being. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, isn't it? And so it's just, you know, taking back your power mm. pretty much by being in charge of your own health mm. and, you know, seeing how important that is as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we were going to talk about um, stress and sleep um, and exactly uh, how the how um, bushflower remedies can actually help with this because it's not something that I've kind of spoken about. But could you explain to our listeners, you know, exactly what are um, bushflower remedies and how they work? 
Yeah, so um, so flower essence therapy has probably been more popularised through the bark flower remedies. Quite often people might have heard of yes, those yeah. previously. Yeah. And so the bush flowers are actually essences that are created from our native Australian um, bush flowers. And so what the essences are... Um, so they're not oils, which people often think. They think, mm. oh, do they smell? And no, they don't actually smell because through an alchemic process, the energy of the flower gets trans um, gets transferred into water. And so the water then holds that energy. And when we think of molecules, even when we, from a scientific perspective, when we think of molecules, all molecules are vibrating, um, even if things appear solid, they're vibrating. They're just vibrating at a much slower rate, which makes them appear solid. You know, if we think back to, you know, junior science where we looked at, um, when we look at molecules, there's the nucleus and then it has all the atoms floating around on the outside. And that's even in stuff that's solid. So there is actually quite a lot of space that's that ex exists within um, matter that appears solid. Um, quantum theory looks at, they've got a, um, a line of study called string theory, and what this string theory um, has identified is the fact that there are actually vibrating strings that exist within all molecules, and depending at their rate of vibration will actually determine what that molecule becomes. And so wow. when we're thinking from a... Yeah, it's yeah, it's really fascinating um, area. It's sort of what I've been um, now drawn to in the last few years is really investigating the science mm. uh, behind it as well. So mm. I've been using the essences for you know twenty plus years um, because you know I know how good the benefits have been for myself and for you know and for clients that I've been able to share them with as well. So another really good analogy um, that I like to use is if we think of water. So water is the molecule. Um, H2O and so depending on how fast the molecules are vibrating will determine what state it's in as well so if we've got the H2O frozen the molecules are vibrating so slowly that they appear solid and then as we um, as we heat those up or we take them out of the freezer the they start to the molecules start to vibrate a little bit more quickly um, becoming liquid and then as we heat those up the molecules will vibrate even more quickly and become gas it's still the exact same h2o but as molecules vibrate start to vibrate over a certain frequency it's beyond the capacity of our human eyes to be able to see and it's the same as our emotions, our thoughts and emotions. And so, you know, everybody would have experienced, you know, if you walk into a room where everybody is really happy and then you get affected by that vibration and you feel happy as well. Or conversely, if you walk into a room where everybody is sad or angry, that you can very easily pick up on what we call the vibe <laughs> as well. So that's based You'd say, you know, we even call it vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that is, that it's based on the vibrational frequency that we create within ourselves based on our thoughts and feelings and emotions. And so this is how the flowers work. So the energy of the flowers is captured in water and then that water, it's stabilised 
usually in a brandy solution, um, just so they're able to be marketed as for oral consumption because that stabilizes um, so you know you don't grow little flowers and things within them. Um, and so basically it's that energy that the flowers all the different flowers hold different vibrations. And what those vibrations are capable of doing is bringing back into harmony disharmonious vibrations. And so depending on what these are, different flowers will be used for different things. So say, for example, if we were the type of person that worried a lot, about everything so that worry creates disharmony within our energy bodies um, so within the energy of our bodies um, in traditional Chinese medicine they say worry affects the stomach and anybody who is a warrior would actually be able to concur with that. So for thousands of years, traditional Chinese medicine has seen worry becomes to affect the energy of the stomach. And so we have a, a bush flower called croia, which actually helps to harmonize the stomach. But at the same time, it works on harmonizing worry. Wow. It's pretty fascinating, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, there are 72 different flower remedies altogether and they deal with all sorts of different things. So it can be, you know, attributes like straight emotions, but it can also be things like, um, say, beliefs that we have. So say, for example, um, that we are down on ourselves and think that, you know, that we're no good at everything. You know, this causes stress as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, so we might use that we've got a flower called Five Corners, um, which is a flower that grows in the Sydney sandstone region. And so what that one does is it helps to harmonize those negative types of vibrations to help us to feel better about ourselves. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so how did they how did they work this out when they were sort of putting it all together like what flower does what yeah, for, for what <laughs> interestingly flowers have been used all the way through history yeah um in healing in a lot of traditional cultures and i guess traditional cultures just knew these things whether they're shamans mm. um you know yeah. got that sort of information um from the energy world or, um, you know, these types of things got passed down through through generations as well. Um, you know, there's pictures um, of, in the Egyptian hieroglyphs as well of people actually floating the flower on water, the flowers on water. And then that that's actually how the energy is captured in that water. And if you even think of Asian cultures, that tradition um, of floating flowers on pools of water outside and then bathing in that water, again, that's that's that process is capturing the essence or the energy of that flower in the water and then it's used therapeutically. You know, there's a number of um, other documented people through history that have used them as well. So one of the um, famous abbesses uh, from the 12th century, um, Hildegard von Bingen, so you might have heard of her before, she did a lot um, with natural medicine and actually used flower healing um, on people as well. She would drape muslin cloths over the bushes um, in overnight and in the morning that capture that dew that was collected on the flower and then use use that dew 
which collected the, the essence of the flower as the sun rose to, to be used for healing as well. And so she was documented. She's become very famous through Catholic history and was finally um, canonized or recognized as a saint, I think, in 2010 for all of the, the great work that she did. She wrote literary works and um, all sorts of books on on natural healing as well. And so she was known to receive information directly from God wow. at that time. Wow, it's, so, it's amazing. And, As you said, it's been around for a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah, it has. And, you know, there's another famous physician you might have heard of, Paracelsus. He's very famous um, in herbal medicine. He described what we call the doctrine of signatures. Yes, and yes. And so this yep. is where, yeah, so where plants or food, fruits or vegetables will give us an idea of their therapeutic benefits based on what they look like or how they smell or where they grow. Um, you know, things like walnuts good for the brain because it's got a lot of the healthy fats in it and it looks like a brain. Mm. Um, you know, that sort of thing. The carrots, when you cut it, it looks like, you know, the form of an iris. Um, and so the carrots are good are good for the retina. So the vitamin A, the carrots are good for the eyes. And so he's described that in a lot of flower um, therapies as well. And he did used to use flower essences in his, in his practice um, as well. So the medicinal qualities um, of flowers. So how... Then from a therapeutic kind of perspective, Nikki, do the flowers or, or can the flowers actually help with things like sleep and stress? Because I know that, as I said at the, um, at the beginning of the podcast, um, it is that sleep disruption and the stress of just, or you know, our bodies are really biologically stressed just from working kind of shift work. How can the flower essences, you know, maybe help some of our listeners, um, I guess, to help mitigate because we're never going to remove it completely, but how to kind of mitigate some of the um, symptoms that they might experience. Yeah, so um, because the flowers are working on energy bodies and bringing disharmonious energy back into harmony, things like doing shift work where sleeping patterns can be all over the place, mm. we've got actually specific flowers that can help to reset body clocks as well. So Ooh, one Wow, that sounds exciting. <laughs> Sorry, yes. you got me at hello there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so bush iris is one that actually grows along a lot of the coastlines around Australia. Um, so the energy of that one actually helps with body cycles, so our sleep-wake cycles. It also, you know, helps with um, other cycles in the body um, as well. And so that... And then, you know, there's other flowers too. So the Crowia I mentioned about worry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Black-Eyed Susan is one that's really good for stress. It's probably the key anxiety remedy um, because that helps people to be okay with being still. So not oh. having to be constantly slow and rushing. It yep. actually allows the, the body to feel okay being at rest. Wow. I think... Um I think most of my clients and listeners need that one. 
<laughs> from yeah, and uh, not even shift workers. I think we can sort of it's probably a lot of the general population as a whole because everyone's sort of on that go go go, stuck in that fight or flight yeah. stress response, aren't they? And we're not yeah, sort of stopping and winding totally, down totally. And then you know, depending on what, and the, you know, there'll be individual differences as well because you know you might have people who. Um, can't have trouble falling asleep because their mind's going all the time, over time, just with repetitive thoughts. Absolutely. And so there's a flower called, yeah, so there's a flower called baronia that we use that um, actually helps to, you know, release those obsessive types of thoughts, those repeating, um, looping thought patterns. Goodness, that's amazing, Nikki. That's, yeah, I find that just so fascinating. And, and that's, yeah, it's definitely something that I see in my clients all the time. It, it is, it's that racing mind can't switch off or that sort of um, stuck in this anxiety, insomnia, feedback loop that they just kind of can't um, disconnect from. So, oh, wow, that's just incredible. Yeah, and even the bottle brush, you know, bottle brush grows. Everyone would have seen bottle brush before. It grows yeah. quite prolifically um, everywhere. So the bottle brush is really good for letting go, just letting stuff go because a lot of the time we're hanging on to the stress or, you know, hanging on to those thoughts. Yeah. And so it just helps to really just release and, you know, let stuff go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking that probably people, after they finish listening to this um, podcast, they're going to jump in their car and head to the first national park that they can find and start <laughs> going hunting for these. Um... Well, yeah. I mean, interestingly, there's actually research on a thing called grounding, oh, which yes. is where they've actually monitored the balance of people's nervous systems out in nature. The negative ions that come through the earth when we're actually connected to the earth, actually reduces that fight or flight response. So death certainly get in that get in that national park or get out in your garden, lay on the grass. Just connect. Yeah. Uh, you know, that it's just amazing how, you know, some of these simple things can make such a huge difference. Yeah, I have read some research on that in, in regards to uh, yeah, it actually helps to reduce cortisol levels, which is mind blowing, um, yeah. and that camping, yeah. um, going camping actually can be one of the best ways to reset um, circadian rhythms. I often talk about that when I'm delivering talks in workplaces, and you know, I get some people put up their hands, going, "Oh yes, I camp," and then others are going, "Yeah, not a chance." <laughs> but it can be a great way to reset the circadian um, rhythms. Yeah, that's for sure. That is for uh, sure. Yeah. completely, yeah. and. You know, when we consider how, you know, stress is affecting that nervous system, there's mm. specific flowers that we can use uh, for the nervous system as well. One's a type of eucalypt that grows over in Western Australia called the macrocarpa. Okay. So the macrocarpa helps support the adrenal glands because, you know, quite often we can only run on that fight or flight response for a for a certain period of time before the adrenal glands then become depleted. So that macrocarpa can really help to nourish um, to nourish that as well. And then, you know, a lot of that stress or anxiety is driven by fear. And so fear affects the kidneys in traditional Chinese medicine. And interestingly, the adrenal gland sits right on top of the kidneys. So, you know, that mm. close connection between fear the adrenal glands and the kidneys and anxiety is very much been seen, you know, in traditional medicine for thousands of years 
um, as well. And so we've got a flower called Dog Rose that can actually help to support um, support the kidneys there as well. Mm, goodness, yeah, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of our listeners need, need to dose up on a lot of these flower asset remedies. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely for sure. Um, look, I guess just changing tact slightly, um, because Nikki, you you are also a yoga instructor amongst other things. Um, so you really do understand the importance of breath when it comes to enhancing our well-being. And I've often uh, recommended to, uh, you know, some of my clients um, that might be struggling to kind of fall asleep uh, or when they're faced during stressful situations is to do the 478 diagrammatic breathing. Could you explain to our yeah. listeners, you know, some of the um, – uh, benefits to um, diagrammatic breathing when it comes to uh, insomnia and stress? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, um, you know, if you have ever had, you know, an anxiety attack or panicking or actually when you're feeling stressed, you might notice that you're very shallow breathing. So you're just using that top part of your lungs and the breath is quite rapid. That actually feeds that sympathetic response or that fight or flight response as well. And you might... Um, you might be aware that, well, you would be if you were nursing shift workers anyway, <laughs> that when people are panicking, you get them to deep breathe. And mm. that's drawing that breath all the way down into the belly. Well, not technically into the belly, but by allowing that belly to extend with a deepened breath is actually through the action of pulling that diaphragm downwards. And that action of actually pulling that diaphragm downwards counteracts the stress response as well. And so it supports the parasympathetic, which is that rest and digest. So any breathing activities that are actually bringing you to draw that breath all the way down into the belly will have the benefit of being relaxing as well to help pull you out of that, you know, out of that fight or flight response. So, you know, just having that in your awareness and noticing. So another thing you've probably all heard of is mindfulness. So mindfulness you know, it's gained a lot of popularity over the last few years. And, um, you know, it's mindfulness is simply being aware of the mind because it's the mind that actually creates our emotions. It's the way we mm. think about things that create our emotions. It's not situations that create our emotions. It's the way we think about those situations that create those emotions. So if we can start to become the observer of our mind that's being mindful, we can start to see how our mind actually starts to dictate the way we feel, but particularly our stress responses. And so as soon as you're noticing you're getting triggered into a stress response, stop, breathe deeply into the belly, even, you know, three or four times, and you'll literally start to feel that stress melt away. And if you're following the breath as well, staying connected to that breath while you're following it going in and then coming back out again, it will disconnect that thought process as well because while you're connected with the breath, it's not actually possible to be thinking about a million other things at the same time. So always just coming, if you can start to catch yourself when you start that stress response, just stop, find that breath, follow that breath, 
and then that will actually reduce that stress response and then it will also have that benefit of allowing you to be able to respond to what's happening rather than react and it's in those reactions that are always generally out of balance because we are being reactionary rather than taking that time to stop calm down respond and then we can actually think more clearly so that we can respond and a lot of that time it we can also then recognise that it's not actually as bad as it seemed at first. Mm. And so for mindful practice is, is so beneficial. And I love that it's something too that you can do kind of anywhere, any any time, I suppose, and no one kind of knows that you're doing it. It can be so uh, incredibly subtle but it only takes, you know, a very, very short period of time to just help you, as you said, um, just to kind of refocus. It's almost almost like setting a reset button, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely. And, you know, the more times you do it, the less times you'll need to do it because it's really, it's just starting that process of retraining new habits. Mm. Yeah, I, I actually distinctly remember, uh, Nikki, when we had to do our practical uh, exam with you when I was in, as, a, as a student of yours doing advanced human nutrition we had to do a practical um, talk beforehand and you actually you know took all of us through before any of us got up and did our, our presentations you actually took us through a little bit of a meditation and a deep breathing exercise and it just made the massive amount of difference you know because you're in that stressful oh my god I'm about to sit mm-hmm. an exam um just by the fact yeah. that you took five minutes with us all to kind of grow through this um you know beautiful breathing and meditation kind of um process it was just yeah I'll never forget that so you're the first and last kind of lecture I've ever had that's taken me through one of those um yeah sessions so yeah it was yeah, it was um very very appreciative for that's for sure um look Nikki I know we probably should be looking at wrapping up soon I, I know I could talk to you for ages but I'm a bit mindful um, of the time but I, I know that you do yeah. so many different things you run um, various online programs you also run you know different types of workshops um, all around Australia including um, some of those flower essence um, essences that we were referring to before you run yoga and wellness yeah. workshops so how can our listeners you know get in touch with you if you're wanting to kind of learn more about you know what you're doing yeah so probably my website's probably the the best way because it gives a really good overview there's actually some talks and things that I've got on there as well that talks more about you know vibrations and you know all sorts of different things so um you could check out my website it's www.vitalitytime.com.au vitalitytime.com.au excellent awesome well i'll make sure to um, include that in the show notes so if people are wanting to reach out to you they can um uh you know jump on your website and i've definitely had a good sticky peek at your website and there's a lot of really really good resources um on there so um yeah but look this has um been really really um great talking to you um nikki i've i know i've certainly learned a lot just from our discussion this afternoon um but yeah so thank you um so very much for um you know taking some time out of your day um yeah to kind of get on the podcast and talk to me yeah my pleasure audra Yeah. You're doing great work.
<laughs> Thank you. That's very sweet. Right back at you. <laughs> so that's <Okay>. it. <laughs> so that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit as this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. It also helps if you can leave us a five-star or a rating five-star if you kind of particularly really like this episode um, as this will help me to um, for my podcast to gain an even bigger reach, which obviously is going to help me to uh, or enable me to help more people. So thank you so very much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.